Hello and welcome to the Equine Physio and Rehab podcast. My name is Dr Gillian Table and I'm a chartered physiotherapist and I specialise in the treatment and rehabilitation of horses. In this podcast, I'm going to talk about carrot stretches or for any colleagues out there listening, I should title them correctly as baited activation exercises and I'll explain a little bit more about that later. But are you a lover of carrot stretches? Do you do them religiously every day with your horse? Or have you tried to do them and found that there are a few issues surrounding doing them? Or do you, uh, have you not used them at all? So I have to admit, I am a number one fan of carrot stretches. I am an evidence-based practitioner and the evidence, so the research supporting their use is pretty convincing. When we look at what they do, firstly, they take the horse through a large spinal range of motion, and that is very good. We think about a horse that's standing in a stable for long durations or you know, stood in the field, not using its body as much as we'd like it to. So when we do our carrot stretches, we take it neck and we take the back through uh, uh, ranges of motion into flexion, into lateral flexion, so side flexion, and then also into rotation. Rotation, so the sort of twisting movements uh, to a certain extent as well. So as well as doing that in the short term, we know that they have an effect on the posture of the horse. We know that for up to an hour after doing them, we have an effect of the back being lifted, which is something that we want to do. The, by the back, I'm talking about sort of the areas between the wither and the croup. So that's the thoracolumbar spine. So the fact that the back is lifted means that the spine in that region is in a little bit of flexion compared with a hollowed, dropped, extended position. And when the back is in flexion, we know that we are creating a little bit more space between the spinous processes. And I'm sure you're all familiar with the issue with horses' backs called kissing spines or overriding dorsal spinous processes. But we want to do everything we can to try and keep those gaps as optimal as possible. So that's the short term of them. We also know that if we repeat them regularly, they have an effect on the muscles in the region. And we've got a few studies now that show that after practicing them regularly, so for at least six weeks and for some of the studies for 12 weeks, we've shown that we've increased the size of one of the deep spinal stabilizer muscles called multifidus. And we know that there's a link between multifidus size and osteoarthritis and multifidus size and pain in humans. So we sort of hypothesize that if we can increase the size of multifidus, and that's going to be beneficial to the joints in the spine and the sort of long term health of them. So the research is there to support their use. And I think that uh, you know, in an ideal world, we would be doing these exercises uh, at least every other day, but preferably daily. And uh, they would be a complementary part to our training program. But in early stage rehab, if you've got a horse that has had kissing spine surgery or perhaps is on a box rest for maybe a leg injury, you know, a tendon, a ligament injury, something like that, or, or post-surgery, 
that these exercises would be done frequently and they would be part of our um, program through the early stages, mid-stage and late rehab. However, there are certain challenges with them. The first thing is that you are using food to create the movement and that's not always easy with horses that are not motivated by food. So if they can't be bothered to follow the food because it's too much hard work, uh, you know, the reward isn't actually motivating enough for them to put the effort in to try and move, then you're not going to achieve your uh, actual sort of full range of motion. So that's one problem, but mainly the people complain that they have an issue that their horse gets really overexcited, over aroused when you get the food out and starts, you know, spinning around, uh, seeking out the food. Perhaps they start trying to snatch at you. You know, there's risks of being bitten or knocked over and um, the horse can't focus because the, you know, the, the motivation to seek out and achieve the food reward is greater than your requirement for them to stand still and just, you know, ever so gently follow the food round fine so i think that's probably the main reason why people give up with them um there's a certain um sort of uh i think a lot of people are concerned about hand feeding their horses and if it's not done um, well initially then it can lead to all sorts of problems so in this situation what we need to do is we need to retrain behavior around food now, I'm not an equine behaviorist, so, um, you know, there are people that are more qualified to speak on this than me. However, my advice to my clients is to start to only reward the behavior that you want with food. So they don't get food for snatching and swinging around and grabbing at you. They only get the food initially with a very small movement and a calm movement just perhaps to the side or a little bit of flexion with their, you know, their chin or their nose lowering. And then you build it up from there. So if you read around the subjects of clicker training, a lot of good positive reinforcement trainers who use clicker training will teach you uh, effectively manners around food to start with. So I think it's really worthwhile going down that route. And following on from that, what you can do is you can actually train your character stretches with target training. So once your horse is associated touching a target with its nose uh, for the behavior that you want, and then you reward it, you can then start to get a little bit more clever with using the target to get them to position their head and neck where you want them to, so that you can and then get the exercise but the force horse then gets the uh, notification by the click that they have done the right thing and then they know that the food reward is coming but it's not linked together so the food isn't in your hand at the time when they do the movement which can be really really useful 
The other challenge that people have is their horse will walk round around the stable with them. And so the best thing to do in that case is to get the opposite side of the horse up against the wall or their bottom in a corner. And then you can get them to do the carrot stretches and then the wall acts as a physical barrier so that they can't move around. So it takes a little bit of time to set your horse up to start with, but it is worth it and it's much, much safer if the horse can't sort of spin around uh, when you're, you're trying to move its neck and then it's trying to move its feet and its body. The other thing that the research shows us is that there are lots of positions as to where you can aim the horse to. So for instance, the flexion exercises, uh, the original research has some chin to chest, chin to knees and chin between fetlocks. And then round to the side, you've got diff three different positions as well. And that can be a little bit overwhelming. And to be quite honest, you know, do we really want to uh, train them to have their, put their chin on the chest? No, we're tending to use them for trying to get that back to lift, as we said, into flexion. So I say to people, just do your chin between your front fetlocks. So you want them to go sort of low down as you can. And then also when you come round to the side, I like you to go low and fairly wide to the side. Their chin doesn't need to go next to their body. So if you roughly aim so that they're about 50 centimetres, you know, a couple of uh, foot and a half away from their body and you are aiming down towards their hock or their hind fetlock with their mouth, then that encourages a lot of lateral flexion and not so much of the rotation that might not be something that we want to actually have happening regularly. So when they have a nice, a clear lateral flexion, a side bend, their ears stay up high and the front of their face turns round. But when they add rotation, what we find is their face goes horizontal. So their ears sort of drop down and then it is just their whole neck twisting. And I'm not too much of a fan of encouraging that. I like to think that uh, we want more lateral bends, so more side bend with the ears higher, higher up than the nose than the rotation where the ears drop down to the level of the nose. And you'll see when the horse does it what a good lateral bend is and a not so good lateral bend. But if your horse can only get so far and then it tries to achieve the rest of the movement round to the side by having to twist, then work out what that point is and then stop at that point by giving them the food there. We're not trying to force them into positions that might be uncomfortable, especially if they're really motivated for the food. We, we don't want to uh, encourage too much movement in the wrong sort of manner. So yeah, just, just go as far as you can without them getting into the rotation. The other thing that I see is when people do the flexion between the fetlocks is that you'll get a knee bending. I don't mind too much if the knee on the side that you are bends. Uh, if that's the case, make sure that you do that exercise from both sides. But what I don't like is where both knees flex, because what happens there is that both knees flex, the horse lowers its withers. And then actually, when you look higher up as to what's happening with the back, it's unlikely that they're getting the flexion through the back. So just take a step back uh, or video yourself doing it or just try to get a good idea of how your horse is achieving reaching for the food that you've got it for. So 
I've talked a bit about carrot stretches there, but they are not the only exercise that you can use to engage the core muscles and affect posture in your horse when they are either in the stable or stood in the yard. There are other things that you can do to actually activate those muscles. And those exercises are body weight rocking exercises. So you'll see that on um, the horse, we can get them shifting their weight by popping our hand over the withers and ever so gently just asking them to move from side to side. And then also we can use the tail uh, or the hindquarters or the um, tail head itself, again, just to rock the body weight of the horse side to side. For more information about that, I've actually published a webinar that you can find if you go to my website, which is www.gilliantable.co.uk. And on there, you'll find a link to my online courses. And in the webinar called Thinking Inside the Box, I've got some really detailed explanations of exercises you can do in addition to your carrot stretches to get those core muscles working. I, as I said, I am a fan of carrot stretches, but they're not the only exercise. So make sure you check that out. But hopefully the tips and tricks I've given you for your carrot stretches will help you make sure that you perfect your movement with them and maybe encouraging, encourage you to do them more frequently. If you've got any comments at all, then um, please leave them for me, or you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Dr. Gillian Table Physio. So thank you very much for listening and I'll see you on the next podcast.